Welcome to One Hit Wonderful, the podcast where we're covering all those amazing reality shows that only had one season. I'm your host, Frank Pezzanite III. And I'm Meredith Broadbeck. And join us uh, today as we deep dive into our first episode of Secrets and Sisterhood, The Zohadas, which is on Netflix. Today we're going to be discussing episode Hulu. one. I'm sorry, the Hulu. Yes, Hulu. Episode one, Meet the Zohadas. Oh, I didn't even note the title, but that is accurate. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the funny thing is that we, and so I think that we should do a little mini disclaimer here that in an effort to cover things that are more current, I, we, we've, you know, we'll, we'll probably still deep dive into some old stuff again here and there. Um, but I think that we should maybe, we might be amending our rule a little bit. So if we love this show and it comes back for another season, and this is carries on to anything, um, we may cover it. So we will change our rule a little bit. And if we cover a one season show that we love and it comes back for a second season, we may very well cover the second season because it's our show. We can do whatever we want. Yeah. Maybe our role to fill is finding reality shows that people haven't watched that they should. Yeah. So this from the scenes from the rest of this season and some of the things that they revealed in this premiere, I can see why they're gunning for a season two. Yeah, definitely. We've got some big secrets in this sisterhood. Now, before we talk about the show, I, we do have a teeny tiny bit of house cleaning um, that we have not discussed in person. Um, okay. Some text messages about it. I oh, think yeah. Need to talk about the Ferrignos of it all. Oh my God, they're imploding over there. You're the one that discovered it. So I was just reading the Daily Mail in bed, you know, as one does. Um, and I sent you the article about Shanana first, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And so it was um, Shauna Ferrigno from uh, Filthy Rich Cattle Drive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I get that in Saddle Ranch confused. <laughs> <laughs> filthy Western themed shows, so I, it, it is confusing. <laughs> I just want to call it like filthy cattle. Um, so Lou the Hulk was suing or just claimed that Shauna was he was claimed it Lou or was it the mother that was claiming it? No, it was the father. Oh, here we go. Hold on. He claimed that Shauna oh, yes. was um, accused her of elder abuse against her mother who has dementia. Okay, I'm going to read, because I pulled it up, the article that you sent me. I'm going to read everyone the headline. Hulk star Lou Ferrigno accuses his daughter of elder abuse against her own mother who suffers from dementia by trying to get her to withdraw $500,000 despite being deemed medically unfit to handle her finances. Yeah. So Ferrigno claims Shauna and her aunt drove Carla to a bank last month and tried to, try, to try and withdraw a half million dollars in cash. The bank rang him and alerted him. It's not great. No, it's not great. And it sounds like they have a sister, I mean, a, a whole family of scam artists because it was her and her aunt. Yeah. And it doesn't say in the article whether it's her mother's sister or whether it's Lou's sister that she was on this half million dollar mission for. But go ahead and say the thing that you sent me today because I now have theories. Okay. So I just sent Frank a screenshot because every time I text message a Daily Mail article, my phone goes on the fritz. I, my phone's old. Um, but the headline of this one says, Hulk star Lou Ferrigno's wife of 43 years, Carla, files for divorce, accusing him of openly flaunting his mistress and keeping her, quote, trapped in an abusive marriage following her dementia diagnosis. So here's my theory. My theory, because Lou reported this, not Carla, not the mother, yes. is that the mother was like, let's go get my money out of the bank because I'm going to file for divorce and I want to hide it from him. Yeah. So I don't think Shanana was actually trying to like rob her mother after reading this article. I think the aunt probably was the mother's sister. And I think they were all in on it and they were trying to hide her mother from Lou because yeah. they called and alerted him. So yeah. justice for Shanana. Like I, yes. I, I think she's trying to help her mom. Yes, agreed. And I think her, she was trying to act in the interest of what her mother was asking for in the, yes. you know, in divorcing her father. And I'm sure she's afraid for her mother and separating from her dad, who is the one with the money. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Agreed. Um, but it makes me sad that they're divorcing and about the dementia and the headlines of it all. And it it is sad. And it must be a semi-new diagnosis because it sounds... I mean, she has enough wherewithal to file for divorce and do these things and enough wherewithal to know he's cheating on her. I feel like if she was, like, deep into dementia, she wouldn't even notice. So it's sad. Yeah. yeah. But, I, but I'm going to say justice for Shauna not because I don't think she did anything wrong despite the original article. Yeah. I would also hope that somebody who's been married that long i i would hope they have some legal agreements in place to protect the mother despite a divorce i don't know because i believe she's his original wife from like the 70s right like i think they've been together for 50 some odd i mean prenup sort is popular back then he also he didn't become a star until like the mid set it's very possible that they were together before he was a star so it's it's possible yeah. there is no prenup stuff in place to take care of her yeah Although, I mean, I guess it does take care of her because there's no prenup. She has half of everything. So we'll see. Yeah. Well. Either way. Anyway. Yeah. I I hope the headlines stop. I can't imagine if your father put out a headline like that about you. I actually feel, feel bad for Shauna now. now. I do. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, that's all the house cleaning that we have. I don't think we have anything happy, unfortunately. Um, but are you ready to start Secrets and Sisterhood? I, yes, and I think that we should tell everyone that you're not going to be doing any kind of deep dive because this whole show is a deep dive. Like, there's no point in deep diving on these people because we're going to be doing it per episode and the whole show is about their lives and there's nothing else for us really to find out. No, and I don't want to dig too far about people that are also still aiming for a season two. Like, I feel like part of why I do that is like a where are they now and yeah. we, we know what these people are going now. Um, but I will like check their social medias and announce fun things. I did, you know, I don't usually do it in our first episode of a series anyway, but I did a quick glance and saw some interesting stuff. So we can talk about that as it comes up. And so also, just to let people know, this aired on June 7th. All ep 10 episodes were dropped at once on Hulu. Okay. Um, and I have high hopes because when I went to go watch it today, um, I noticed that someone else has watched all 10 episodes, which is my best friend Rachel's that must have gone through because she shares my Hulu. So the fact that she watched all 10, I feel like that's a that's a good sign. And they're all very active on Instagram, at least the ones who are going to be active on this show are very active on social media as well. So I think they are trying very hard for a season two. So okay. Yeah, we'll see not, what this delivers. Not on Twitter slash X. I tried to find them. I could only find one. She hasn't posted anything in seven years. So nothing really in that arena. But Instagram, yes. Very popular. Okay. Yeah. So we open and we get some history about the family, which I actually found pretty interesting. Um, so the parents fled from Afghanistan in the early 80s to Los Angeles, which is hilarious that I did not know it was Los Angeles, as I said in our last special episode. They say it in the first three minutes of this episode that they're in Los Angeles. But I think I, I must have just been kind of like half watching it. And when you see their houses and things like that, like, I don't know, it could be San Diego, it could be Florida. Like, I didn't, I wasn't making too much of it. So uh, the sisters say that they grew up in a pretty conservative household. They prayed five times a day. They wore traditional clothes. And they really tried to keep the spirit of their Afghani culture. And there's 10 of them. There are there's 10, 10 sisters. There's yes. 10. So we are going to spend a lot of time sort of dropping names and numbers because that's how they identify themselves as like where they fall in birth order. It and is helpful, though. I am going to do a blanket apology now for this entire series. I'm going to be pronouncing a lot of names wrong. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be pronouncing a lot of things wrong. Yeah. I'm just going to get that out there now. So I apologize in advance. I'm sure some of you will be screaming at your phones, but I'm going to do my best. Yeah. Yeah. We'll try. It does help. We both watched it with subtitles on, and that actually does help. It helps. Yeah. It helps. It also helps to know who was talking. Yes. Agreed. Um, I... Now that I've watched this twice, though, I think I can sort of identify who's who. There are a few that are a little tougher, but um, so this is where we learn that there are four sisters who were born in Afghanistan before the family moved to the United States, and they are referred to as the elders. And the parents fled Afghanistan in the, I can't remember if they said early 80s or just 80s. Early 80s. Early 80s. Okay. Because I'll drop a fact about that in a second. Okay. And so then the six younger siblings who were born in the United States, they called themselves the Wolf Pack. Which made me hard eye roll. Yeah. 
Like, it's a lot. The eye roll, but when, okay. When it comes to the, we're gonna see a lot of wolf pack versus elders. I'm I'm team elders a little bit. Like one of the sisters gets really mad and she's like, "There is no wolf pack. This elder shit has got to go." Blah blah blah. And I, yeah. I, I'm kind of with her. I was team her for sure. Yeah. So then we also find out, and this is something that I would like to look up if I can. Their father was murdered. I know. And they, I was going to look it up, but I thought maybe eventually in the show we would find out why maybe. or how. Because he was murdered here. Yes. Like in the United States. It's not like he was murdered when they were fleeing. And they said to, I believe they said it to Noor when he passed away when she was five. So, 90s? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But they said because of that, that they were always sort of each other's own men. And they always wanted to make their mom proud. And, like, it kept them together to have this, like, sisterhood and this, like, unity with their mother. Because they didn't have anybody else. Um, But that's a wild element to this story. And this family. And and I'm assuming, I'm this is jumping ahead, just a soupçon. But um, (laughs) I'm assuming that sister, um, oh my gosh, which one is she? Sister number three, who Uh is, let me go to my notes. Where is number three? Oh no, not Khadija. Oh yeah, Khadija. Um, I'm assuming that like they later refer to her as also kind of their mother. Yeah. That she was probably the oldest non-married elder when the father died and that's probably why she took over the second mom role i mean like that's just an educated guess but that's what i would guess yeah i liked her i liked her too i liked her a lot yeah she's kind of sassy i'm here for khadijah but we'll get to that so that's the background that they give us as we start and then we open and we meet sister number five shakur before we even get to that Uh uh-huh um, I was noticing during the credits, the opening credits, that this show was produced by Half Yard Productions, which I'd never heard of. So I was like, okay. I'm going to look this up and find out oh, what other you. reality yeah. stuff they've done. And um, not a ton you've heard of, and it's literally through all, like National Geographic, a lot of all networks. Their biggest get is definitely they produced Say Yes to the Dress, which of course we've all heard of on TLC. I forgot I used but- to watch that. The two that I got most excited about, they also produced Jer- Jersey Couture. Did you ever watch that in 2010? No. It was it was actually pretty fucking good. It was like I think it was on Oxygen. Um, it was just about this like Jersey family who like made clothes. It was ridiculous, but it was really okay. good. It had two seasons. Um, okay. And was was really going to ring home for you and I. They were also the production company did the, that did the Real Housewives of DC. Oh, I actually didn't watch DC. Oh, I did. But yeah, they were the production company that did DC and that was the their only foray into the Housewives lexicon. So I just I, thought that was interesting. So those are not bad credits. Yeah. As far as reality TV goes, there could be far worse ones. But when you pull it up, and again, like you saying that they're bucking for another season, when you pull up the um Half Yard Productions website, the very first thing that comes up is this show. Okay. It's like featured prominently. I I think they're trying real hard. So maybe we're ahead of our time. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. All right. So are you ready to meet Shakur? Yes, I am ready to meet Shakur. Okay. So we meet Shakur. She's sister number five. So she is the first sister who was born in the United States. Yes. And according to a quick Google, she was born in 1985. What? All of these women look 45. I Thank you. Them. Thank you. Them. Okay. If they're older that, or younger, they all look 45. That means she's younger than I am. Mm-hmm. she does not look younger than I do. No. Um, <laughs> I think what's not doing any of them a s- service is that they have a sister we'll meet later who's a physician's assistant. Clearly for a plastic surgeon. Like a med spa. Yeah. Um, and so I, they're all having the same, like too many fillers. Too, they've, they're in that place where they're making themselves look older by trying to make themselves look younger. Yes. That said, they're all beautiful. Beautiful. Gorgeous. Beautiful. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. But I would have thought she was like a really hot 45. Same. However, I also could see, so we learned that Shakur was an actress and a model, and she had a record deal with Atlantic Records at one point. It wouldn't surprise me if maybe she shaves a few years off her professional bio. Because... That's, yeah, that's very possible, too. Yeah. Um, 
but still when i when i saw 1985 i was surprised <laughs> so. um, that does track too now that i think about it because one of the few people she follows on twitter is diddy <laughs> like she doesn't follow many people but diddy is one of them yeah um, and I also would like to say that I think her record deal, and I'm, I will look up her music career at some point, but I think it's sort of why she has some of the manners of speaking that she does. It's kind of like when Lala Kent goes into the studio and talks to her producer. <laughs> yeah, I have an issue. I mean, not an issue. And I feel like Kathy Griffin years ago would talk about this in her stand-up special and it would, she was like, it makes me crazy when rich wealthy people who've never been exposed to street culture in their everyday real lives talk like they're from the streets That's like it I makes mean. me fucking crazy and she definitely talks like that well and she's also the only one who does it that's why it stands out yeah um so she calls everybody girl and you know like she says like you gotta do this and things like and it's just it's not that unusual but it just stands out because she's the only one doing it um we also meet her husband josh oh, yes we do uh he is right down your fairway oh, i'm assuming but he's so hot okay so this is where we meet josh and <clears throat> so she calls him a viking and a greek god and he is a huge huge dude with like an what is it called? Like an undershave and like a little kind of samurai knot vibe. Yeah. So he's got like a very, he's even more than an undercut. Like literally all of his head is shaved and he just has like a mohawk ponytail top knot thing going on. And a lot of tattoos of Jesus for someone who converted for his wife. But weirdly, he also has Islamic tattoos. Yeah. There was, there, I mean, he has like Islam and stuff on his, I couldn't tell they were Jesus. I was, well, actually if you're, Muslim, you can't have a picture of Muhammad. So they definitely had tattoos of that. But um, I, I didn't notice the iconic, I mean, I, I mean about the the, the, the a Christian religious iconography. I was just noticing all of the Islamic words and stuff. I could be mistaken. No, you're probably right. I, I wasn't looking that closely. Um, but and it would track. be hilarious. Like that is pretty funny. He, he had like a, a profile like a either like a saint or I, I don't know who yes, it was he have some kind of like yes. face on his he had one on arm. each arm yeah, yeah. it's probably so, jesus that's hilarious um so this is also where we learned that shakur took a break from her entertainment career and she's been doing real estate investing and development and she learned everything in that area from josh mm -hmm. and she says you know josh is my first love and he's been my only love like she didn't know what love was until she met him and that's sort of sweet they dated for a month before getting married and she wanted to be married to a Muslim man. So he converted and her whole family really appreciated that, including her. Obviously, she said it really demonstrated his commitment to her and her family. Um, and this the episode evolves around revolves around um, Shakur and Josh hosting Eid, which is a big feast. And it's a celebration. It's the end of Ramadan, which they actually don't mention Ramadan when they're talking about Eid, no, which I thought weird. was interesting. They don't. And I have two Islam things to say about this. Yeah. So the ceremony that he had to do to convert was called the Shadada, S-H-A-H-A-D-A. -A -A. Okay. It's what he did to convert for her. Uh -huh. And then I'm assuming this was filmed last year. Um, Eid fell on July 8th and 9th of 2022. Okay. I checked and in 2024, it's in April, I believe. Um, so they are hosting this big event and it's a lot of pressure. It's the first time all 10 sisters have been together in quite a while. They're going to be wearing traditional Afghani outfits and they're sort of building this thing outside that we see later. We also learned that one sister lives in London, but I don't know that they identified which one does. Oh my God. I missed that. I didn't even hear that. Yeah. One lives abroad. Um, I was busy taking notes, which came to nothing, about Husma, who was the owner of AFG Fashion House, who was yes. the one there outfitting them, giving her outfits for all of them to wear for Eid. Yes. So this is also where Shakur sort of casually drops, you know, she's so attracted to Josh, he's a Viking and a Greek god, and part of the pressure that they're feeling on hosting the celebration is that they are back together after separating and nearly getting divorced because his prescription med addiction got quote really really bad 
here's the really funny thing about that is I had literally, like before that scene happens, written in my notes, Shakira and Josh are not wearing wedding rings. Yeah. Because they're not. Neither of them are. And it was very apparent when they're waving their hands around. And I thought, well, this is weird. And then she shows a montage of their pictures of them over the years. And there were some where he was, I mean, not skinny by any means. But, but a like lot scrawny looking. And I'm yeah. assuming that's at the height of the addiction. Yeah. I noticed that too. The one yeah. where they're standing in front of the pool, he looked yes. like a different person. Yeah. He does look like a different person there. Yeah. Um, so I think that's thing. He probably had an accident or hurt himself in the gym, got prescribed Oxycontin, and then it just blew up from there. Yeah. I mean, total speculation. <laughs> we have no idea. Well, I mean, it just seems like, I mean, I feel like something like that, like if you have a prescription drug addiction, yeah. usually it starts, especially at oh, that age. Oh, it starts age, with an injury. Yeah. With an injury. So. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's part of why they're so nervous in hosting this event. And he seems nervous to see her sisters as well. And he says, am I going to need to regulate? And she says, don't regulate. Tell me, and then I'll tell my mom. Yeah. <laughs> so they're battle planning, which is kind of cute. Couples do that. So then we meet Jamila, sister number seven. Mm-hmm. She is, she calls herself lucky number seven. She's the empowered boss lady of the family. And this is the physician's assistant. <laughs> now, I have a quick sidebar. Yes. And it's really, nah, I'm really sad because you're not going to be any help with this whatsoever. Okay. But maybe some of our other listeners, if any of you out there are housewives watchers, and if you watched OC over the years, I am 50% certain that the woman she was giving injections to is Bronwyn's mother from the Real Housewives of Orange County. So Bronwyn's mother, um, for those of you who haven't watched, and Meredith, you didn't watch, she had a, a she looked like Betsy Johnson. That's what people called her. She had the colored, okay. Um, she was an older white woman with like colored dreadlocks, and the woman she was giving shots to was an older white woman with colored dreadlocks, and. The, the Brahman's mother lives in, uh, I think in LA, like outside of Orange County. Like, so I don't know, like I have a feeling it might've been her. Totally possible because also Shakur mentioned they live south of Los Angeles. She said that. Yeah. So I think that we got a little Easter egg of Bronwyn's mom getting a Botox or whatever the fuck from, uh, yeah. from Jamila. Yep. I believe that. So she says that she, the sisters would describe her as more serious and the ambitious one, but she's actually pretty goofy. And she says that if she didn't do medicine, she would give her hand at comedy. Okay. Can we just right now establish that all these bitches think they're funny and they're not? They're really not. Of them. It is not just her. They all think they are fucking hilarious and yeah. they are not. I mean, it's funny because they're so bad. It's not funny. It makes me laugh, but like, they're not funny. I feel like the ones who are funny are not the ones who tout it. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them think that they're like, could all be working at like the ha ha hut if this doesn't work out for them and it's and not going to happen. True. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we also learned that Jamila was married for six and a half years and has been trying to divorce him for four years. Now, see what I want to know then is, was she happy for two and a half years or has she been married to him for 10 and a half years and that's what and i couldn't tell yeah i think that she was only happy for two and a half years that's the impression that i got because based on the other thing is based on ages if shakur really was born in 85 and she's sister five like i mean jamila has to be what like i don't know 32 33 yeah I don't think she's been married for 10 years. No. So, yeah, I think that she was only happy for two and a half. Well, especially given because she says, quote, I wasn't in love with him and then cracks up at her own joke when she says he didn't make my coochie wet. And excuse me for saying that, but that's what, he's <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> Gross. Um, so I'm with you and that I think it's six and a half years total and she's been trying to leave it for four. Yeah, which yeah. is sad. Oh, my God. To be like trying to get divorced for longer than you were happy like oh also what is he clinging to don't Maybe cling to money? some but I, I, I don't know i don't know don't don't cling to someone who's trying to leave you don't do that well but i wonder if it's clinging to or if it's just hammering out the particulars of the divorce maybe maybe i don't know maybe i'll find him I mean, my parents were separated for four years. 
Yeah, I mean, that's true. I also, between they broke up and when they got divorced. And it's slower in California. Oh, and I didn't even think about this, but she's still married. So, well, we'll talk about what's going on with her in a minute. And that adds a whole other layer that I hadn't even thought about until right this second about what's going on with her. But okay. Correct. Correct. Um, and I'm going to tell you about my observations between my first watch and my second because I got it a little turned around. Okay. So then we learned that Jamila lives with two of the sisters in what they call the wolf pad. So she lives with Norea, Noor, sister number nine, and Hamida, who is sister number 10. She's the baby of the family. And temporarily, they're also living with their sister Rabia, who's number four. So she's the youngest of the elders. And she's the one that says, stop calling me elder. And she calls the wolf back bullshit. Yeah. I like and Rabia. And she is staying with them. She lives in Canada and she's staying with them because she is also, also getting, getting divorced. divorced. Yeah. Yep. And we learn that sh later that she's not happy in Vancouver and it rains 200 days a year there and it's depressing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Jamila and Rabia have grown very close. I assume it's because they're both going through a divorce and they tease Rabia that she's desperate to be a part of the wolf pack. And she says there's no such thing. Um, oh, wait a minute. We do know her age, Jamila's age, because she says, I'm sorry, when we get to the part we're going to talk about, I have it in my notes. We know she's she's 35. Yeah, she says she's 35. She's 35. Yeah. Um, all right. So then there's a little bit of back and forth, which doesn't add up to much later that Rabia and um, Jamila are trying on clothes for Eid. And, you know, it it's a celebration that requires the finest attire. But then we already know they're going to be sort of wearing these clothes that are already at Shakur's house. So this whole thing doesn't add up to much. Well, the whole, I feel like that, not the dig, but I feel like Rabia was saying like, I don't know if Shakur is going to get it right. So like I brought some backup outfits in case. Yeah. yeah. And there's a little jab that Rabia says, can I wear this? And Jamila says, I don't know if it'll fit you. And Rabia says, are you calling me fat? And then they just like drop it. None of them are fat. No. Also, the outfits are gigantic, so I don't, like, I could wear them. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, none of it is, like, tight, form-fitting stuff. Like, it was when she was holding, well, so that was the other thing I was confused about, is that they wear traditional Afghani clothes for yeah. the celebration the whole time. Like, when they're eating dinner, when they're outside, when they, you know, do other things that we'll discuss. But then, for some reason, they're holding up sort of, like, nice-looking cocktail dresses. So maybe eventually they change out of the traditional clothes and just put on, you know, like, nice clothes. Um that it was when she held up a dress of her own, not oh. like a traditional. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Um, so then Jamila is crying and she says that she's been going through a messy divorce and she says, you know, I've been going out <laughs> and she, the producer calls her out and says, you're crying, even talking about it. And Jamila says like, she knows and she's struggling to talk about it. And She's pregnant. Yeah. From a one night stand. Which at first, when I watched this, I thought she was carrying her like ex-husband's baby. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. It's from a one night stand. But I wonder like if it's because we live in an arcane society. Um, I believe that if she had this baby while she is still married to her separated husband, like unless they are officially on paper separated, and even then, I don't know. I think he's financially responsible for it. Maybe. Like, that's the fucked up thing about marriage. Yeah. Um, but it is it is sad because they also show some footage of her clearly calling a producer before they started filming this show. And she's crying talking about it. Like, she, yeah. ha she tells them. And, you know, she says, like, this is not how I was raised. And she's, she's upset about it. Um, well, I can see why. Because should we say what Rabia says to her? Yeah, go ahead. Um, she says, if we were back in Afghanistan, you would be stoned to death. Yeah. Yep. Really supportive. And Jamila says that she's aware it's a scholar, scarlet letter. And um, Rabia says, it's not our way and it's way beyond a scarlet letter. I, and this is where I started to have a bit of a problem. Um, in that... This is a 35-year-old woman, a woman in the year of our Lord 2023, having a child on her own in the United States of America. Like, 
This is not a big deal. The only uh, place and, she's ever lived, by the way. Yeah, she was born here. Not a big deal in any way, shape, or form. And when they're discussing it, um, she says numerous times, like, oh my gosh, like, what if my mom forces my sisters to choose? And what if I'm shunned and blah, blah, blah. First of all, there are 10 of you. It's 10 to 1. You say to your mom, fuck you, mom. Like, we're all supporting her. This is not a big deal in America, which is the country that you moved to 40 years ago. This is nothing. Like, yeah. and get over it. Yeah. And then it's handled. Like, this whole shunned and... I don't know. Like, I mean, this is where I run into problems with all religions because it's just like, this is ridiculous. Like this, it's not a big deal and it shouldn't be a big deal. And the fact that they're making a big deal is insane. Yeah. I also found it interesting in the rest of the episode, there's no mention of any sisters who have children. Like we don't hear them talking about nieces or nephews, even with the elders. We meet someone else's husband other than Josh, but there's no, we don't see any kids as part of this huge family. So no. I, I don't, I don't know. Um, so Jamila also says that she's just not ready to tell the other sisters and that she's, she's really afraid of how they're going to take it. So then we meet Hamida. Well, more closely anyway, the baby of the family, sister number 10. She says that she brings the party. She's the coolest sister. And that clearly the best was born last because God spent time on her. Um, she's a clinical therapist. Which made my head explode. Explode. Good on her, though. Good on her. Um, so she is Physician beauty. heal thyself. Yeah. Um, she has beauty and brains. And then someone else refers to her as, like, the gypsy queen and that she's escapist. And then Shakur says she's unreliable. <laughs> and, and she also is the one, I believe, isn't her mantra party and pray? Is that yeah. hers? Yeah. And they said that. That was, it's weird because she claims it's her mantra. But way at the beginning of the show, when they were talking about the wolf pack, they say that all of their mantra is party and pray. So who knows? Yeah. Um, so then we get this goof pad scene that's not really worth talking about. But she and Noor go to do aerial yoga, but she calls it areola yoga. Okay. I only enjoyed it because I used to do aerial yoga and I fucking really? love it. Oh my God. Yeah. I was so into it. Because when, so the whole reason, this is a very short sidebar. Um, I go to Crunch Gym, which, and when it opened in Chevy Chase, the reason I joined is because they were the first to ever have aerial yoga. This was 12 years ago or whenever it was. And they had it a million times a day. I went like three times a week at night. I loved it. It was the only yoga I've ever liked in my life. It is so fun. And then it kind of fell out of favor and they canceled all the classes. And now there's like one at Wednesday at like two in the afternoon and I can't go anymore. So, oh, well, but it's bummer. super fun. All of you, if, if, if any of your gyms offer it, do it. It's really fun and it's not hard. And the fact that she couldn't do it to me was very confusing. Nora was good at it though. Nora was good at it, but yeah, yeah, but Hamida was not. She was like falling out of the thing. Like it's not hard. Yeah. Well, she doesn't look like she works out. No, uh, but I'm telling you, there were multiple people in my class in their 80s. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. is literally not hard. Yeah. Um, so then we go to the wolf pad, which is where Jamila, Hamida, and Noor live. And Hamida and Noor are sitting down. I think Noor is doing some work or she's acting like she's doing some work. Um, and they open a bottle of fucking Corbell. Corbell. I drank that in college. Yeah. Well, that was the other thing that I wanted to say for some, for a family who is allegedly devoutly Muslim, so much so that they're going to stone and shun their sister for getting pregnant out of weather. They drink a lot. They do. But also like they've got some fancy stuff. Like they've got nice houses and like, you know, they look very put together and things like that. And they're drinking fucking Corbell. Yuck. Oh, I don't know. That, that I mean, that is just a hangover and a headache waiting to happen. Mm-mm. So they're they're trying to get their day buzz on, as they say. And so Noor says that she is the goofball and she curses like a fucking sailor. She's the director of operations for a private equity firm. Um, she's witty and funny and a radiant bright light. And then someone else refers to her as a ticking time bomb, temperamental. And lately she's been choosing her boyfriend over her sisters. And no one likes her boyfriend. Yeah. Hamida doesn't know what Noor sees in him. And I'm assuming we never get to meet him because he was blurred out in the pictures they showed of them together. Yeah, and we didn't get his name. 
No. Um, so Hamida and Noor are very close, but they weren't as kids. And Hamida <laughs> says that she once stabbed Noor with a screwdriver. In the leg. Yeah, that's that's savage. I wonder though if it was like she poked her with a screwdriver in the leg. Probably. Um, so then Noor immediately calls Hamida out for having her location turned off on her phone and is pressing her about where did she go. And Hamida says, I went out of town for a few days to visit a friend. And then in her confessional, she says that she's been dating a lot of people and she's doing her thing. And she low-key doesn't even remember who she was with when she turned off her location. <laughs> she tells Noor in person that maybe it was Sumi, like this guy that she hangs out with. And we see a picture of her with this dude. I mean, that, that's who the sisters like and they want her to date like yeah. he's like a family friend they they like him yeah but she says that someone else is on her mind right now and then this is we kind of have another like cast member to producer meltdown and the producer says what are you hiding and she says like my mom's gonna be watching this it's and she calls it shameful and then we find out that she is, quote, exploring options between men and women. And so this is where my pretty little head exploded. Yeah. So how are you a clinical therapist and you can't even say the word bisexual or gay? I mean, she might be gay. I don't know. Like, it's it wouldn't be possible that it, it wouldn't surprise me that she's so repressed that because of all of this stuff that she actually maybe just is a lesbian. But um with a, no you shouldn't be allowed to be a therapist i'm sorry it also i was surprised that she said the word shameful she didn't say i fear my family will think it's shameful no she said it's he shameful. Said it. yeah. yeah so i don't think like let's revoke her license until she gets her shit together because i don't think she should be giving anybody else therapy or advice yeah so then you know they're drinking their corbell and rabia shows up and says that it's five o'clock somewhere, ha huh, ha. Huh. Um, and they make a big deal out of someone having a hair on the table, just like a, a stray hair. And they say that Jamila's gonna have a panic attack. And they're having chai tea. Some well, Rabia's having tea while the others drink Corbell. Um, so then Jamila walks into the frame and she does clock the one hair on the table like immediately. <laughs> and she looks at Rabia and just says, You're a bitch. Like it clearly made her so uncomfortable. She she did see it very quickly. It was kind of funny. Um, so then of course this Corbell is all just a segue to asking Jamila why she's not having champagne with them. And she says, You used to be one of us. Like, I can't handle peer pressure around drinking. Like we're not we're not in high school. Um so then she has to tell them because she wants to tell the sisters that she lives with. And so she struggles to sort of spit out her news and Rabia encourages her and says like, you got this, you can, you can tell them. And when she says I'm pregnant, Hamida and Noor do seem shocked. Oh yeah. Um, and she's going to keep the baby and she's going to be doing it alone. And the father is not in the picture. So here's where I did a little deep diving. I yeah. mean, because they yeah. like the other sisters say, like, I'm worried for you. I mean, they basically say that, you know, mom's going to disown you. What are we going to do? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, I mean, the only option here to not have that happen would be to get an abortion. So I wanted to know how Islam, what Islam's beliefs on abortion works. I thought that, like, that would it get her shunned as well? I, I I mean, I feel like it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like, I, if she was Catholic or yeah. Christian or whatever, she'd be fucked either way and she'd be more fucked if she had the abortion. So yeah. they were acting like she'd be less fucked if she had the abortion. So I did a little deep diving here. Yeah. And what I discovered was that in Islam, and again, please, if I'm wrong, come for me. This was an NPR article. Like, so if I am incorrect and you are Islamic and I'm offending you, please tell me. And I don't mean to be. But um, what I found in this article, it said that in Islam, they believe that up to 17 weeks, it's fine to have an abortion. But really, if it's if, if there's a danger to the mother, because they believe that like the soul enters the body at, at 17 weeks. So that before that, really? like, yes. So they're it's actually they're more lenient than all the conservative Christians here that don't want you to have it at all. And all our laws that say 12 weeks and whatever. So if their rule is 17 weeks. 
But that's if it's a danger to the mother. That's not like if I yeah. got knocked up for a one night stand, whatever. Which I thought was interesting. And maybe it also explains why the sisters were still like, are you going to keep it? Are you going to keep it? And kind of implying that not keeping it was a very viable option for her that wouldn't get her shunned. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I didn't know that. I also think they were probably saying that too, because if she did choose to terminate the pregnancy, then she wouldn't really have to continue telling the rest of the family or their mother. You know, I think they were implying that 100%. she could continue hiding it. Yeah, the mother would never know ever, but yeah. they, I don't know. It's just weird. Like it just seemed weird because in any religious conservative family, you would not think that it would be like, just go get an abortion and no one has to know about this. Like that wouldn't even really be put out there. Yeah. So I thought it was very interesting that it was. And that's why I wanted to look it up and see what the, what Islam's beliefs were surrounding abortion and terminating right. pregnancies. Yeah. So then, you know, one of them says like, we grew up without our father. Why would you want to put a child through the same thing? And Jamila says, I'm fully capable and I really need my sisters, but I can do this on my own. And they sort of say like, we love you and we'll stand by you, but you know, we really think you're going to hurt mom and we're really afraid for you. Is kind of like all they, all they say. Um, I did appreciate that Rabia says like, I'm not here to sway her decision. I'm here to support her decision. Yeah. Thank you. I like Rabia. Rabia. Me too. Yeah. Um, and the other, the two younger ones do say, we're not against you. We want you to be happy. And then she makes them swear to God that they won't, that they'll keep her secret and they all hug. So we'll see how that goes. So we go back to Shakur's and we are still setting up for Eid. Um, and this is where we meet their mother. And we learn that in the Quran that scripture says heaven is beneath your mother's feet. And that's why they all like kiss their mother's hands when they greet her, when they say goodbye to her and things like that. I kind of like the things that we're learning in the show, actually. <laughs> the things they like put in italics and stuff. I'm here for that. And we meet Sadiqa, sister number eight. Um, she was the one that I referred to as highlights last time. <laughs> <laughs> she they all just have like gorgeous dark hair and she's gone in a blonder direction and so she kind of she stands out a little well and jamila has a little bit of highlighting going on too but but shadika it has the most you're right she's like, leaned in most to the light brownness of it all yes um so you know they're all browsing this rack of traditional clothes and <clears throat> We learned that usually one of the elder sisters will host Eid. So it's usually Shasta. Shasta? Yeah. Number one. Or Halima, sister number two. And I think some of these sisters are going to fade. I think this was a big, like, meet the Zohadas, like, meet all ten right now. But I feel like the show is going to focus on, like, four or five. The weird... I agree with you fully. I feel like it's going to be five... Of the wolf pack, and then one of the elders is who we're getting. I think we're going to get six sisters, mostly. We'll get Rabia and yeah. Khadijah. I think. Khadijah oh, you think will... we'll get a lot of Khadijah? Well, because she was like the motherly one, right? Yeah, but I felt like we got a lot of her in this episode. But who knows? Maybe we will. But the um, what I thought was interesting about all of this is that on the IMDb, because I had it pulled, I had the cast list pulled up so I could write the names down and have it at my disposal when I was watching. All of them are listed for all ten episodes, but I don't think that's true. I guess we'll find out. I'd be shocked if they're all in all ten episodes. I do not see that happening. Yeah, especially um, because this is the first time they have ever had Eid together in what did they say, eighteen years? I think so. Yeah, well, eighteen years. I also couldn't figure out which sister lives abroad. I think it's one of the elders. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. So anyway, they all get ready upstairs, and Josh Shakur's husband, he's wearing traditional Afghani clothes as well. And is it who's is it Sadika that says this is the first time they've seen him in a while? And Eid is not the time for an intervention and they're just going to sweep it under the rug for the day. But they're all like their fur is up around Josh. They have yeah. not really seen him since they got back together. Um, so then they start, you know, talking about this dance that they're going to be performing for their mother, which is called the Atan. Uh-huh. Um, and it's a traditional Afghan dance. It's um, the national dance of Afghanistan. Okay. I will say it looked very cool with their clothes. 
It did look cool, but what I thought, if it is literally the national dance of Afghanistan, and I, I'm assuming it's not a style of dance, but an actual specific choreographed dance, I feel like they should all know it like the back of their hand. Like if they've been doing it like their whole lives and it's just one dance and one set of dance moves, I was kind of surprised they didn't have it like down pat. Yeah. Um, so this is where we get more information about Sadiqa. She's protective and loving and warm and passionate. She's single right now. And she says, I'm falling in love with Sadiqa which I liked. <laughs> and then she called herself the plug. I think she means like the glue. Like she's the one that brings everybody together. Well, because they call her Sid Nectar, the connector. Yeah. I, I didn't really it. understand what they were talking about. Like at first they thought they meant like she had connections and she could like get them into places and restaurants and whatever, but she's like, the no. hub. Yeah. She's the hub. Like she's the one that brings them together, but she called herself the plug, which I thought was kind of funny. But like, she also calls herself a lone wolf. So I how know. are you the lone wolf if you're the connector? I, I don't, know. It, it's very contradictory. And the plug. She's apparently a blab blabbermouth. They said that she has loose lips. Yeah, they call her Lucy. Behind her back. Um, so also we're practicing this dance and Sadika fell really quickly in my book because she's just she's being really bossy about it and like correcting people's dancing. And, you know, I get it. Some people are very aesthetic about that kind of stuff, but she's bossing everybody around. And Shakur says she's delegated herself to be the delegator. <laughs> I actually find Shakur slightly funny. I said it. Maybe. Really? Not, not actually funny, but she's the Hamida slapped her knee and said that was a knee slapper about her own joke. And it wasn't funny. So at least Shakur's not that bad. No, I, it's my problem with Shakur is literally that she talks like she was signed to Bad Boy Records. Like yes, it drives me nuts. I know. And it gets worse as the episode goes on. So I thought the the delegator thing was funny. So then Sadika says, I'm hoping we can keep our professionality and not kill each other. I hate when reality stars lengthen words that don't need to be lengthened. Um, And it, confounded me so much that I looked it up to make sure it wasn't a real word. I'm like, is it a real word that I just forgot? Like, that's not right. And yeah, she was making up words. Professionalism. Yeah. Or just professional. Yeah. It's like when people on Vanderpump Rules all the time say comfortability, which actually is a word. Just say comfort. Yeah. Your comfort with another person, your comfort level. Why do you have to say comfortability? Or comfortable. Yes. Yes. I can't stand it. <laughs> I can't stand it. <laughs> Um, so we're still practicing this dance and Sadika is still correcting people. She's getting on my nerves now. Um, and then, so Shakur welcomes everybody in the kitchen and we meet Muslia, sister number six. I think she's the one who lives abroad. I was going to say, cause I think she's the wolf pack that we're not going to see. Yes. Um, and I think that's sort of why they skimmed over her a little bit. Um, but Shakur also calls out the husbands that are in tow. So we have Kais, who we learn later is Khadijah's husband, and Josh. And so everybody's just a little wary of Josh being there. But Shakur says that her heart is truly happy to host everybody and she has surprises. And then she shows everyone to this cool tent that they constructed outside. Well, and can we talk about how do you pronounce his name? Kais? Kais. I was so confounded. We do not find out who he is until like way at the end of the episode. I know. Actually, I only knew his name because of the captions. And I wrote it down and I'm like, who the fuck is this random guy? Like, I don't even think they once... showed. I don't think they showed his face when she said his name. No. You see it later when they're in the tent. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It was weird. And also, another thing, it's Eid. Where is everyone's spouses and children and, and children. families and like... It's very, I mean, this is a very big religious holiday celebration. You would have, I mean, it would be like if I had Christmas and only my siblings came and no spouses or children, or if someone had Hanukkah yeah. or not Hanukkah, but like Yom Kippur and like no spouses or no children came. It's weird. It is weird. And I was thinking too, like with that many siblings, they, their family, like, they must have cousins and aunts and children. And I feel like the party should have been, like, 150 people. Yeah. I know. I mean, just from what we see from Shaws of Sunset, 
when I mean, I was a Shaw's watcher for years when they would have parties, it would be like tons of extended family. There'd be tons of people there. Like this is a little weird. Yeah, it is. Um, and also when they're sitting in this tent is when we hear the first mention of Ramadan. So they, they talk about a memory of Ramadan. Um, and it was about someone who used to bang the pot for, um, how do they say it? It's, um, they say sure. Shuhur. It's yeah. S-U-H-U-R. And it's the early morning meal that Before you have during fasting. Ramadan. You get up in the middle of the night to have it. Yeah. And it was um, uh, Rabia was the one who was banging the okay. thing to wake them up. Okay. And then Khadijah, who is sister number three, um, she wishes that religion was more important to her sisters. And this is the one who's like a, a second mother to them. She helped raise them. They all say that. She's protective and she calls herself the official cock blocker. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she's always worrying about them. Um, and she also had this funny moment where she says that the other sisters will call her and say, pray for me. And she's like, pray for yourself. Yeah. Like I think Khadijah is naturally funny. Yeah, she is. Yeah. I, I like that. She said like, I'm the official cock blocker. My husband hates that word. So I guess I'm the ar, 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 blocker. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and we also see Shakur and Josh make out in the kitchen in just like a really gross, like lip fillery pornhub.com way. <laughs> well, it was a very interesting, and when I say interesting, I mean wrong and incorrect um, way to kiss. <laughs> it was the gross. Some of his lip connecting with the top of her lip. It was weird. Yeah, and, like, she has, like, her lips are so enhanced that they just, like, they seem so far from her face. Like, it yeah. was just, like, there was something cartoonish about it. I don't know. It was not, I mean, it was not sexy at all. No. Like, at all. No. And so, Khadijah says in her confessional that she was sort of the one that tried to get Shakur through separating from her husband. And she's surprised that now it's all just water under the bridge. Which I get. And I, I mean, I've done that years ago with friends. Like if you, I, I mean, and I think this is a tales all the time, but if you have been listening to someone complain about their relationship for a long period of time and have been the shoulder to cry on them and, oh, you should get out and do this and that and the other thing. And then they go back to the person you're kind of left holding the bag. Cause you're like, uh, like yeah. I spent six months telling you that like, you're in the right, leave him. He's bad for you. And then you're just like, where do I go from here? Like it's frustrating and depressing. And I, I get where she was coming from. Yeah, totally. Um, so then they do, I don't know whether it's what they burn is called this or the ritual itself is called this, but it's called Sfond. I think it's the ritual. Okay. Um, and it's spelled E-S-F-A-N-D. Yeah. Um, so it's sort of like a cleansing ceremony that they do on Eid. Um, and they sort of light this thing on, I'm assuming it's sort of like an incense or something like that, that they light on the stove and they all walk by it because the smoke gets um, cleanses them of the evil eye. Yes. Um, so they sort of bathe in the smoke as they go by it. Um, and they said, Sadika says that she's first because she's the most beautiful, which I, I don't sure agree, I don't agree with, but whatever gets you through the night. Um, and so they, we kind of get footage of each of them walking by the stove. And then as Hamida walks by, it actually like kind of catches flame. Like it's not just smoke and Shakur loses her mind. Yeah. Loses her mind. And she is like, girl, 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 hit it again, girl. Someone's got your number, girl, girl. It went up in flames. You got that evil eye. Like, she just, like, laid it on so, so thick. Um, and it's the only sister it happened to was Hamida. So then, of course, Shakur gets her all paranoid about why yeah, it went Hamida up in flames. loses her mind. And let's, again, talk about the fact that Hamida is a clinical therapist. Let's just, let's not forget that. So she goes, cuckoo for crazy pants. I'm sure she thinks like, oh my God, this flame can tell that I want deep, hot, wet pussy in my mouth. And so she loses her mind, loses her mind, goes through again, like, cause Quice or whatever his name is, was like, do it again. So she runs through the smoke again. And then the court tells her that she's going to call her about some prayer chant thing she can do for 21 days straight. That's going yeah. to like get this evil eye off of her. Yeah. And then Hamida goes on to say that she really finds conflict with balance and like reconciling her exploration sexually. Like she can't even, and the producer says, you can't even say it out loud. And she no. says that she can't. She can't. Yeah. 
So then they all perform the Atan, this dance for their mother. Um, and it looks it looks pretty cool, also because there are so many of them. So they have a full dance troupe here. Clearly, there are 10 of them. <laughs> and they're all wearing these beautiful outfits. And their mom seems very touched by it. Like, she compliments them. She's loving being with all of them. And she starts to cry. And she dances, too. And they say yeah. that she's never danced ever. My only complaint about this is I wish we had gotten, because it was cool looking, but the way they filmed it made me believe that they actually weren't as good at it as they were making us believe. I'm sure. Because there was no pan out. We never saw like it from above or we never saw the, like it was like you saw two or three people and people in the background. Like, so I think it was filmed very creatively to look like they had mastered this dance when in fact they had probably not. I'm going to say that's correct also. Yeah. Cause they made it, they almost styled the few seconds of film like a music video to make it yeah. look like it looked good. But it, I'm sure like they were dancing in Shakur's living room. Like, yeah. I don't know, but they made it look cool. So I'm fine with it. Yeah. Um, so then we get more. Jamila doesn't want to lose her family. Hamida doesn't want to lose her family. And then Sadiqa puts Josh on the spot about Eid and says it took Thais 18 years to get this kind of Eid. So they must have just celebrated Eid with their own families. Like, I don't quite understand why it's been so long since they've all been together. But they I don't were basically, but she was basically saying, like, you're lucky to be here given everything that's been going on with you and my sister. But I mean, the other thing is she, it can't be that they usually, they must celebrate in little pockets because she says yeah. on and on that usually the elder sister is the one that hosts. Yeah. Maybe she just meant because they were hosting. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But also, so it took Kais 18 years to get this kind of Eid. So he's been married to Khadija for 18 years. And that's the first time he's ever had a holiday that big with all of them. I don't know. It was, it was interesting, but they yeah. start, they start picking at Josh basically. Yeah. And, um, Shakur sees it and she clearly, she looks like she wants to fight already. Like she had a face on very quickly. And she says like, I can, I can tell what they're doing, but I want them to look at him for who they fell in love with at the beginning. Like I did. Um, and she says, everyone deserves a second chance. And Khadija says that she feels like she's walking on eggs, eggshells. There are red flags and she just can't forgive that easily. So I also am going to say something very controversial, but I think that Shakir's, um, makeup in mm -hmm. at Eid was horrible. Her, between her makeup and her outfit that hat, I thought she looked the worst out of all of them. I didn't think it was flattering. I don't remember what her outfit looked like compared to she everybody else's. She on her head that was, like, covering her whole forehead. Well, so they, they all had, like, hat. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, they they all, all had some had whatever. They all had different kind of head wraps. But hers yeah. was very heavy, and it hung down on her forehead, and her makeup was very dark. Like, I just thought it, I didn't think it looked pretty. I thought it made her look older. Mm -hmm. Like, I like I didn't like anything about it. Well, she was born in 1985. Yeah. <laughs> yes, she was. Yeah. But that is the end of the first episode. So it's, I feel like we just taught a college class on an family. Like it's just. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Real quick. Yeah. So if this was filmed in 2022 and um, what Jamila or Jamila is, was 35. Mm -hmm. That means she was born in 87. Mm -hmm. There's a child in between. Well, I think the mom. I, like I literally think the mom every, had like t 10 kids in like 12 years or something. Of, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think that was the mom's role to fill there. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, but this is where we get a taste of what's to come on this show and why we just put up with all these introductions. Yes. <laughs> okay. So we've got people dating English boys. We've got a sister's trip to wine country. Sonoma. We have, we have someone with a girlfriend. We've got a charity event for refugees. We've got uh, Shakur yelling at Jamila, respect yourself and respect your pussy. I will cut you off with a quickness. We've got Sadiqa storming away from production, like throwing her mic and stomping away. Someone, Multiple times. Yep. We see someone yelling, you broke the fucking pact. Um, let's see. Oh. And we get Rabia yelling, you speak family, but you act like a nemesis. 
And then we see the number one elder. I thought it was the mother at first. I rewound, but it's the firstborn sister. And she points her finger and says, you're the instigator. Oh, it was the mom as well. Good no, call. it was the firstborn sister. They look very similar, actually, her and the mother. Um, so then they say that we thought doing a show would bring our family together. And we don't know how we got here. But I'm... I think the end of the episode is what made me want to cover this show. It it looks like it's going to get heavy. Yeah, I'm here for the drama. And again, I am like, I think it's a good sign that my friend Rachel apparently watched all 10 episodes, probably in one sitting. So I yeah. think that that's, a, that's a, a good try. I mean, a good endorsement. Yeah. So buckle up. Let's hope. Yes. Let's hope it gets wild. Um, well, we look forward to seeing you guys again in two weeks. And if you out there, if you are practicing Islam and we've made mistakes, um, please let us know and get us corrected because we want to get all this right. That's true. And we have nine more episodes to fuck it up. So don't yeah. let us keep doing and it. I'm sure we will. So please keep us in check. Um, all right. I hope you guys have a great day and we'll see you in two weeks. Thanks for listening to another episode of One Hit Wonderful. You can find us online on Twitter and Instagram at OneHitPod. You can email us at franklymarebe at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nana's Mink. And you can find me on Twitter at HeyIt'sMareB. Please remember to rate and subscribe. And have a great week, guys. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>